Howdy. This is a uh, fuck. Welcome to the fail. Uh, no, 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 I got this. I got this. All right. Welcome to the art of the fail. This is a podcast hosted by Christian Borgazan, co-founder of Bruja, and myself, Chris Buttonham, co-founder of Obi.ai. We chat with startups and entrepreneurs about their failures in hopes to uncover incredible lessons and unmask the stigma around failing today. <laughs> Nobody likes this shit. Let's just get started on the show. All right, we'll dig right in. So this is another episode of The Art of the Fail. Uh, I'm Chris Buttonham, and again, as always, with me is Christian Borgazan. Today we have uh, a really awesome guest with us, Tristan Pollock, um, who was the co-founder of a company called Storefront, which uh, Tristan raised over $10 million for, and they were acquired by We Open. Is that how you pronounce it, Tristan? Yeah, we yeah, open. exactly. French French company, um, also working in retail, the retail tech space in, in uh, Europe. Very cool. And Tristan was also uh, Forbes 30 Under 30 member and is currently uh, one of the venture partners at 500 Startups, where I met Tristan uh, down in San Francisco for our little journey at 500 Startups. So thanks for joining us, Tristan. Um, what we're going to do right now is jump into our fuck-ups of the day. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, and, and All right, start? Yeah, I'll, I'll hop into it. So um, recently I ran, back in September, I ran a, a charity event called Kegs for Cancer. So the goal or the objective of, of Kegs for Cancer was to, as the name probably suggests, was to raise money um, that went towards a, uh, a cancer fund research. Um, more so, actually, this was for the procurement of medical equipment for the McMaster Children's Hospital here in Hamilton. Um, so I would say, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we actually, we just recently had our, our post-event um, meeting just to go over what went great about the event and areas of improvement. And I would say the, the two things that, that stood out for ourselves was one, we didn't really give ourselves enough time to properly orchestrate everything. Um, now, on the front end, if you were someone attending the event, I'm sure it all looked great. But on the back end, I can assure you that there was uh, a lot of chaos and a lot of mess going on there. Um, so, one, we didn't give ourselves enough time. I think we pulled it off in about two months, maybe a month and a half, which, you know, an event of that size is definitely not enough time. And two, I would say the big thing is that, and this is probably where personally where I fell short, was I didn't properly communicate or I didn't keep up with the communication with our major stakeholders who were involved with the event, um, as well as even laying out all of the dependencies from everyone involved. Um, so lesson learned there, and we're already looking forward to, to building on top of that. Awesome. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Mine, I'll just do quickly. Uh, it's actually funny. I just commented on a LinkedIn post by, from Alex Norman the other day, who's uh, who heads up AngelList Canada, and um, he said he shared an article about not using a deck. Actually, Tristan can probably give me shit for this. Um, <laughs> not using a deck in an investor meeting, um, and I said it was literally like three days ago. I said I prefer conversational, and. <laughs> um, I just was pitching to a local investor here in Toronto yesterday, and I didn't use my deck, and I instantly regretted it. Um, I still stand by my comment that I like using, or I like being more conversational, 
but what it allows for any this is just personal um, feedback is what it allowed the investor to do is just like take the conversation whatever fucking direction they wanted to um, which did not help my agenda whatsoever <laughs> so um, <laughs> using a deck uh, should be more of a standard uh, operating procedure for me going forward yeah I mean I think like you just have to think about more like the investors approach right and you know a lot of times and, and you're you want to be structured because you're telling this particular story investor doesn't necessarily need to be as structured and they may even actually purposely try to get you off kilter to see how you respond to things and if yeah, you can really right you know exactly. lead the meeting so it uh, yeah I always yeah I like that you you know laugh <laughs> because it, it's it's I've, I've definitely done it both sides as a founder too but it, it can help so much just to have that that flow whether or not you're like own to it but at least like kind of going through it subtly in, in some way with the framework mm-hmm. yeah. that you know a hundred times over yeah it's there the flow is laid out if yeah. you want to strictly rely on it I guess but awesome yeah. always good to have relevant comment and commentary so um, <laughs> yeah. let's dig into it Tristan I know you have um, uh, ironically some funny fundraising stories um, but you also have some really good lessons learned and um and challenges as it relates to company culture, which I think is like a, a not enough talked about topic. So um, I'll, I'll pass over the mic to you. Yeah, so I mean, so I mean, my fuck up, um, one that always, you know, means a lot to me, uh, or it uh, was a big lesson learned was kind of relating to yeah, like the culture of an organization, a culture of a startup. And I think it's it's you're constantly in chaos between, you know, how do we move so quickly and never slow down, mm-hmm. and you know, basically there's this 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 focus on almost like burnout sort of mentality, burnout sort of workmanship uh, when you're working on a startup, and then you know the people that like are in that startup that care about the culture but realize you know also like this you know, this impetus of having to not, not slow down. And so it's something that I like faced, you know, kind of going from like a minute, you know, I'm growing up in Minnesota, working in that sort of business environment, um, where it's a lot more balanced. Um, you know, people are still work very hard, still, you know, great companies that come out of Minnesota. Um, but it's just, you, you come to, you kind of come to San Francisco, uh, like we did going through an accelerator program, you know, just like you did with 500, Chris, we, you know, we went through AngelPad mm-hmm. and we go through this, this program and like there's really this cultural thing in, in San Francisco and like uh, Silicon Valley as a whole that's you need to keep pushing so hard that like you just like can't, you just can never stop, right? Um, and so we kind of really, my co-founder and I really had to deal with, you know, we care a lot about culture. We were building a company that, you know, in a lot of ways resembled a culture of like an Airbnb or a Lyft. Um, or at least that's what we wanted. And we had this ethos deck that we would, I would, you know, sit down with every new employee and give. We'd ask very pointed questions, you know, around the culture topic and like the fit topic in interviews and things like that. Um, but we, 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 where we screwed up is like we didn't, we didn't always like stay true to those values ourselves. And I think we, at times, we would make a, you know, make a sacrifice uh, in speed. Um, so that we could go faster and bring someone on uh, too quickly, right? And, yeah. and so, you know, you run into this, you know, the, the whole philosophy of, 
uh, hire slow, fire fast. And Andy Dunn, uh, you know, the founder of Bonobos, also like has something, you know, said something in a in a in a conference, you know, not too long ago, where he was like, you know, you have to be good. There's a good way to fire people, right? And like as like a culture person, you don't always think that at first. You're like, well, I should just not fire anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like I should retain everybody. Um, but there is a, a right way to fire people, and you know, oddly enough, I like I found myself becoming very good at it. But probably too much so because we were hiring too quickly, <laughs> and you know, and and what is that? What is that method? You know, I think well, you know, I could give an example. I had a friend's company, he um, startup here that had raised somewhere twenty or thirty million. Um, they tried having an inside sales team, and they had to end up firing their whole inside sales team. The economics didn't work out for them, and. Every single one of those people, we interviewed some of them for Storefront, and every single one of those people were like, I would go back. Like, wow. yeah, get it, totally understand the situation, and I would go back to that company. It was awesome. And I think that's like where you get into this, like, you know, firing people in the right way, not surprising them, coaching them, you know, them knowing that, like, things, how a startup operates, what the goals are, what the runway is, and how to, what you need to do to, to get to that point. And everyone's on the same page. And I think when, you know, how to fire someone in a wrong way is, and we, we, you know, we definitely, you know, made some of these mistakes early on, uh, is just surprising someone, you know, not coaching them, not, not, not being a manager, not being a leader and like letting, you know, making sure that everyone's on the boat rowing the same direction and understands the mission when you get to land. So... That that was that was definitely um, kind of one part of that that culture dynamic. It's hiring too hiring too quickly, forcing us to fire 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 quickly uh, instead of trying to hire slow, and not st- and then not staying true to these values because like I think one thing that was always um, uh, is always part of this ethos is that you need to really like everyone everyone you bring on has to like really just like believe in that from the get go right, um, and so I think like if you're kind of like yeah I believe in this. But I'm willing to make. I'm willing to like do workarounds just to just to get people in here. For example, bring somebody on that you know seemed like seemed like they could be a good fit. Maybe we were hired a little too fast, but you know then then keep them on for like let's say a year, which for this particular person was probably way too long, and they became really toxic in the environment. People didn't like to hang out with them, but they worked harder than anyone else. Or at least we're in the office longer than anyone else, right? Like always online. Can and you talk about that a little bit more? Mm-hmm. D- dig deeper on that as to um, the actual impact that the that individual has. When do you discover they're toxic? Like, obviously, there's it's all relative in terms of time yeah. and things like that. But yeah. that that's that's super interesting to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a tightrope walk, you know. Like, so. In this case, like one, I think one to kind of uncover these things, you know, let's say after after the after it's already happened, um, is you know just keeping a very open dialogue with your company. I'd say like one major thing that made this harder for us was going from a, you know a seed company to a Series A company, right. and like you know we went very quickly from seven people to twenty plus people, which you know started to make more factions in the tribe and it allowed people you know you could easily be hanging out with like 
five people and kind of clicking off more. Right. And I think this happens a lot at big companies. That's why you see corporate culture uh, become more gossipy, more more dramatic, you know, more clicky and people and just, you know, people get coming into the organization that maybe aren't really a culture fit, but Mm -hmm. the rapid expansion, um, you know, by this company that, you know, I, in this big, this big startup now that's like a thousand plus people or whatever, it's, it's now you're still, you see that there's these, these, it's really easy to faction off, but that can happen so much sooner. And And in our case, you know, really, really was shown, I think it was we you know there were there was this this person had like we had hired at a at a seed stage and then came with us to an A and it was more prevalent wasn't as prevalent uh, to everyone involved until it was that we got to that like you know larger group of people but even then you know sometimes as co-founders your 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 team doesn't want to approach you and yeah. so if keeping a really open dialogue with your team you know however you know and saying it's one thing but doing it's another so you know however you can create some sort of open door policy you know be approachable you know set set that tone uh that you know hey like i'm, I'm or like you know even like these like you know manager you know monthly catch-ups and uh like you know 360 feedback or whatever whatever you need to do to you know okrs like google uses whatever you need to do to kind of keep that feedback loop going and like so spend time on just how are you doing as a person right like how are you are you stressed out are you like you know who you know you know how how is how is working with the team like getting some of these questions across and like be remaining you know flatter early on i think is is helpful to weeding out where that negativity is coming from um and so that's like one side of it. The other side is like really staying true, having values and staying true to them. So, you know, like I think, you know, my co-founder and I, we definitely had like disagreements on at times of who to hire, um, you know, who, who is who is actually, you know, who's contributing, how are they contributing, right? And sometimes, you know, can, contribution, you know, in certain realms of the business is, is harder to quantify. Uh, you know, say like, you know, community or, you know, building this brand, right? It's not always like you can directly say like, you know, hey, like, or like SEO, you know, it takes time to, mm-hmm. to build some of these things. And some of the stuff goes, you know, is thankless work early on, uh, yeah. where if you're maybe you're on the engineering team or the product team, and like, you can build a lot. But, you know, is this also you got to tie some of this into a, a, you know, a growing a growth product. And so I think we kind of ran into some things like that where like, you know, said person spending all this time in the office, all this time online, building a lot of stuff, but not a lot of stuff was contributing to the bottom line. Then that person kind of like pushing away from the responsibility of having to build the product that a product that grows and saying, you know, no, no, that's like our growth guy. Like he's got to deal with that part of it, you know? And, you know, so I think like blame, you know, toxicity as far as like how that person, you know, takes feedback or, or reacts to other people. Um, you know, you want to be able to have this very, and I know Chris, you really like, you know, um, stay true to yourself on this of just like having a very open culture and being yeah. okay with like, criticism and feedback because at the end of the day, it's not like you guys hate each other. Yeah. Uh, you want to build the best team and build the best product and like have and build something that's, that's successful. And, and yeah. you know, with, if you're, if you're sent too sensitive to like, bring that stuff up in a way that's like, you know, kind of caring and, and forward thinking, 
that can be hard. And so sometimes you see these, that sort of stuff, you know, if someone push back a lot and you know, they push the blame off on other people. They, they, you know, they try to change their metric, their accountability metrics or things like that, which seems like really obvious, but also, like I said, the hard part and where it becomes more gray is that maybe this is the person that's spending all the time in the office. So mm-hmm. some people may actually, so like some people may be like, Oh, this guy's like super hard worker and we need like performers on our team. We need build, you know, we need builders. We need these, these executors on our team. We don't just want people that, you know, are talking and contemplating and being, you know, too thoughtful because they're going too slow. And so I think that can, that, that, that sort of culture is really like a hot button issue in Silicon Valley right now. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, Ironically, um, this will be another test of whether or not uh, he's listening, but um, (laughs) my, uh, one of my, colleagues I'll just say is uh has taken some time off like um just for (laughs) yeah just for like an hour at a time half a day or a day um and at the end of the day I think like I just try and promote the um I don't give a shit when you come in how long you come in for as long as you uh you know fucking perform and I think that's you brought up OKRs which I think you introduced me to and um that that's huge OKRs are huge just to be like, you know, if this is this what uh, what we're planning for the quarter um, at a high-level company value, I don't care how you get there. Just get there, and uh, and then it'll come out in the wash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, I guess uh, for maybe the people that don't know, it's like OKRs are objectives and key results. That's what it stands for, yeah. and it's Google's kind of methodology to, like, you know, just it's the same sort of idea of like everyone rowing in the same direction. Right. What right. you know, what are these top one to three things that you are trying to accomplish as an organization and then how do the different teams or the different team leads, you know, factor up into those those very, you know, simplified objectives for the company. Mm-hmm. This so, is uh sorry, I just mm-hmm. want to hop in here for a second because it's it's actually really interesting. So when Chris and myself were doing, for everyone who's listening right now and who might have listened to um, our, pilot, our pilot episode, we actually had a very similar conversation about just onboarding teams too quickly and then adding in resources into the mix. So I think it's something um, you know, that, we've, that we've talked about. Yeah, I think it's a really tough issue. It's um, a very tough like I'm, issue. I'm actually just laser focused in, on what Tristan's saying because it's it's relevant to any company at any any stage any stage it's very difficult to solve really um which brings me to a question i just wanted to jump back for a second um you said there was a particular employee that that was with you from seed to series a and and you 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 identified that they had become more toxic and then but previously to that you said about how um, you know there's, you can get into this rhythm where it's more easy to fire an employee. Mm-hmm. Did that employee become more difficult to fire? Yeah, definitely. I think they, it, you know, they all, this person like also kind of like pandered for more power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like staying closer to my co-founder, and then my co-founder being like, yeah, like you know, he, you know, he's like he's like doing good work, and and I think like. Also, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, totally made, made mistakes through this thing. And I think like I kind of fell into more of this, like, you know, endless work is, is the goal. Like, 
just people working all the time, you know, getting just production, 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 um, where, you know, it, it really, really hurt us later on when with, and it definitely took like a very dramatic snap back. Hmm. Um, and so it definitely, as time went on, it, it became, it became a lot harder, right? It, it became a lot harder because, you know, the, the, the toxicity, you know, it becomes ingrained and there's disagreements around, you know, who actually is working the hardest and, you know, and, and, you know, who, and, and for some, you know, sometimes it's that visibility, that time spent in the office, those things that like aren't necessarily like contributing to the bottom line, but it's just, it, it can, it can be confusing on like what, you know, your, what your, what sort of work style you're trying to promote. Right. And I mean, I guess I, I, was, I always take a step back and say, you know, the work styles are pretty key, right? Whether, you know, whether you look at like Myers-Briggs or any sort of these work style uh, assessment um, uh, programs, it's it's really like certain people want to work with certain types of people. And sure, uh, my sort of culture is a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more warm, um, a lot more, you know, as a lot more focused on this community and culture to me means something you know, like I said, much more like an organization like Lyft or Airbnb, where they really care about the community internally and externally. They really care about that, what that brand or that movement they're building is. And that could be totally different for, you know, someone who works at Uber or yeah. um, works at another, you know, another, a company that has a lot more nose to the grindstone sort of sort of work ethic. And it's really, I think it's just set by the, the founder, right? And there's certain things that maybe, you know, remain the same through, through everything, like, you know, inclusivity and, you know, just like respect. And, and like, there's definitely some like core tenets that, you know, every organization should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, it, you know, it's, it's, it, the culture can come back down to the founders and just like what those founders, you know, what they want to see. For sure. Less about comparing right to wrong, but just styles and then how you higher based on those styles exactly exactly because as a leader right like you should be hiring yeah yeah you want diversity of you know every kind in the workplace but when it comes to work styles like you bring in someone who's you know i'm trying to remember my myers briggs you know this intj (laughs) you know and someone who's like you know work operates in a certain way and is in and you you know you've made a smart hiring decision by like building this certain type of organization and you bring in someone who's totally opposite, but then you don't support them right. and how they operate. Then that's, you know, it's, you're just setting people up for failure. And then mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's your responsibility as a manager to take, to take that responsibility. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the company that, um, uh, disbanded their inside sales team and then the employees left or the sales guys left and you were, you were inter- interviewing some of them. Did they give you a reason as to why they would say they went back? Like aside from the obvious reasons, like was there any tendencies in that culture or the leadership that that made it so compelling and understanding? Um, I think transparency, transparency and trust. You know, I think that was like a big thing that like with like a little bit of toxicity, you know, trust gets damaged. People actually, you know, then people they, things break down, right? Trust gets damaged. People work less efficiently. They're like more worried about when they're gonna lose their job than they are like what's the next like thing I can do, you know. Um, sometimes maybe it's allowing like a little bit of room for creativity too. Hmm. But I think in that in that particular instance, I like the founder, really great person, uh, you know, very like 
very like vocal, straightforward, you know, straight shooter, Midwest guy, uh, and you know, which I always like to relate like the Midwest in, in Canada, right? Sometimes a little bit more like straightforward and a little bit more, you know, easy, hardworking, but easygoing and like, un, like, you know, can kind of like, you know, not, not be so, uh, I don't know, not be so harsh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of the coasters but i think like he i think the biggest thing though was like that trust and that leadership um and that like people looked up to him and at the same time i think i think it was also uh the the communication and this like communication which you know comes back down to i think like a good leader a good manager too where Hey, like we're gonna try everything we can do here. Here's what here's our big challenges. Here's what we're going. It's not just like you're doing bad. You're not hitting goals. You're not doing the right thing. It's like here's what we're trying to accomplish. This is what you guys can do to do it, right? Which OKRs can kind of help with this, right? How do you ante up to like the the big goals of the company or the big goals of your team? And like if we can't like accomplish that, you know, it's just I you know it really sucks. Like I wish that this could have turned out another way, but like this is where we're at today, and also you know there's probably like some level of like hey we're giving you a heads up too mm-hmm. um, right so, you know that's 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 probably one of the biggest things like when companies become you know come under under uh, um, you know challenge big challenges like running out of funding you know and then people just all of a sudden like you know cut the cut the cord and you're like all right yeah you have like insurance till the end of the month and then that <laughs> month is a three day yeah. Like really, this is a story I just heard from my friend, my friend's, uh, not his startup, but a startup he was working at. And then like, it, you know, it was like three, okay, thanks. So three days of insurance. Now I'm just going to like stay home make sure I don't break my leg, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, I think that's like some of that stuff is like, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes just an eloquence, uh, or being very methodical about how you, you know, build this trust and, and then, take and be a caretaker of it with your team yeah. and as a leader because once you damage it it can be really hard to return to regain i was gonna ask that actually did did any of that even just in the one like the one case you, you were talking about specifically did that have a detrimental impact on the culture going forward and and if so how did it, how did you rectify that yeah it was i mean it, it yeah it was pretty detrimental i'd say like mm. It, it, there were it had caused rifts in the organization that um, without the right tender loving care were pretty hard to repair and and kind of led to a little bit of a brain drain um, at times and you know I think you know with with work like we started to we bring it back but it, it was just like you know that's time that you you can't you can't lose as a startup, right? Like you're already on a tight deadline. You can't have, you know, all this worry about, you know, am I going to get fired? Oh, I can't work with this person. I'm trying to get out the office as early as possible because it's just, it's just not, not doesn't feel good. Like that's, you know, oh, like who's, you know, people are like leaving. And so I'm like a constant reminder that like this, this, oh, there's this toxic event, like, you know, three months ago. You know, so it's like it's stuff like that where you know definitely some people kind of can look past it and keep going, but it can it you know like the little things like that. It's like that little bit of like uh, dissent that that breaks you know, trust a little. You know, it's it is hard to repair, and you know you have to kind of like you know come clean 
in some way, you know, open up new lines of communication. I mean, definitely possible to repair, but much harder than just, you know, being, being smart about it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that it sounds like, you know, um, well, one of the points being, be careful who your founders are, which you can't really do much about. <laughs> I mean, it's very difficult to do anything about after the fact because that yeah. sets no, the tone. Yeah. Right. No, I think it's smart, smart though, because you know, you should be, you know, everyone always says this like, yeah, you should be like vetting the organization for like things like this. But now like, you know, when I like advise people about what, you know, if they're like looking to apply at a, at a company or a small startup, I'm like, you know, you should just really, you know, even, even if it's just a big company and you, and you're look, talking to a, you know, your manager, it's like, you should be excited by this person. You know, you should be like inspired in some way that like, you know, not just the company is cool, but like, it's more like, are you going to be working with really interesting people that are going to, you know, like, put you, send you in the right direction that you're going to, you want to follow, like you want to be excited by that can be, you know, it's, I think sometimes people maybe settle too much on just what the, the organization looks like, but really it's, it's a lot more about the people. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I just want to touch a little bit more cause you bring up a good point about, um, really being like the small and you know, the nitty gritty and the little things with trust. And what you said before is, you know, it's all about really building people up. Um, so like, did you have any particular approach to that? Like, do you take time, let's say like on a weekly basis to sit down with any certain individuals? Like what, it, what, it, what's a good way, um, to help build people up rather than just saying, yes, you're doing a great job or no, that's terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen this done well and done poorly and, uh, probably the same of myself. Uh, but I think, you know, it's like, there are certain things that maybe are thought of, like, kind of like I was saying, like, you know, open door policy or like right. we have like an open floor plan, but that's not actually enough. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're still in front of everyone. You, you know, especially the, like the way these startup environments are set up. It's like, you know, it takes a lot of, sometimes it takes a lot of courage to go up and approach the founder um, even though maybe it doesn't seem like it for sure. to yourself, um, it, to approach the founder, especially like in front of everyone in, 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 you know, in front of like how busy it is every day, like all these things. So I think you have to be, um, very strategic about how you set time and that how you manage this like kind of open door policy. And I've seen it in different ways, but definitely one of them is just having that FaceTime on a consistent basis. So you know, whether it's like, hey, you know, I'm just going to take a different person to lunch once every week or I'm going to ca- try to catch up with everyone like once a month. Right. Um, or we're going to have team retreats where like we or like and things like that we can take outside of the office. Right. Just places that would make people feel a little bit more relaxed, you know, and and, and, and you and have the ability to just like talk candidly. Right. Um, right. If you don't create that space you won't learn things that you don't know mm-hmm. and yeah, don't know a- things you don't know, you know, then that can, that could, you could, you could, there could be place. I've seen this time and time again with, with uh, startup founders. They all of a sudden uncover something that they had no idea that it was going on uh, at their company. And they're just like, I feel horrible that like I've been allowing this person to have, you know, my ear. And now I find out, you know, 50% of the company, like can't stand to work with them, you know? Right. And that's not something that I want to stand for. Right. And I feel like I've, I, I, I've, I've been failing as a leader. Right. And like, so it's like, but the more consistent you have these things, even if you're trying to still give your managers, you know, power and like the focus and like hiring managers that you trust is a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think it's still helpful to like have that, like when you're an early stage startup, like to like still have that, like, you know, you're setting that tone, that culture from an early stage. And if you don't accomplish that at, you know, 20 or 10 or 30, like it's not going to be like that at a hundred for sure. No, no, of course. And, and that's a really good point. That's actually something that we're trying to do with my company is, um, just try to be very consistent with it. And I think that's, that's the important thing that there is, is coming down to the consistency. I was going to bring something up about balance. Uh, I'm losing my thought process there. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, there's definitely, yeah. I mean, balance, consistency, totally, totally agree with that. There's a lot of helpful tools, you know, I know Chris, we've seen some of them come through the 500 accelerator, like uh, clan beat or, yeah. um, you know, 500 startups itself uses this program called 15, five, like, you know, it's, it's little things, you know, just little reminders. And there's some things there that can like structure how you do it as an, as a manager. And, and a lot of times that stuff is pushed to the wayside early on. Cause it's like, look, we don't have time to like for niceties and just like, and like mentorship, we just need people to come in and just start firing machine guns. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, there's, I think everything is a lot more of a gray area than the black and white of oh yeah it's so hard absolutely. to make that decision and, and be mindful of it as it's happening i, I mean yeah. i can speak to that personally <laughs> it's uh likewise yeah and i think it's interesting like when it comes to size you know when you're sort of speaking post 10 employees um I guess presumably if you don't have a good stronghold at three to 10, then maybe you're in for a whole nother challenge. But, um, I think as time goes on, it just, it just, you just, especially here in the Valley, you just end up with more and, you know, louder voices in the room. They just get louder and louder. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, whether that's on a leadership team, whether that's, you know, ambitious employees wanting to just like, get raises or get better titles before you even have like a a team for them to manage, you know? Yeah. There's there's just so many things that like, it just gets harder as time goes on as you grow bigger. Yeah, it does. You're just, you're, you're adding, you know, layers and layers on top of the complexity and just, you're adding so much, I guess, to the overall bigger picture. We could go actually down a whole episode of, of what he just brought up there, but I want to go back about, um, the, just quickly to wrap up, I think is a good point between flat and vertical when you're when you're really small to to through growth. Like, wh- how do you think about that, Tristan? Because um, I don't know. Like, when do you start building into it, like an organizational culture into your? Well, like it's just like when you, if you're. T- I think um, candidly, if you're if you're too flat, which. Um, is some lessons that you're sharing with us would make sense, right? About, or just being flat in general is good to keep those lines of communication open, discover those issues and, and make sure fit is a priority. Um, but at what point are you too flat when you're, when you're small that it actually causes issues? Have you experienced that? Mm. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's almost too. Yeah. 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 You know, that's a good question. You know, I think I haven't, I, ha, I, so 
I haven't as much in my own companies, but I've seen this, uh, let's say like I had a friend, you know, he built this company to like, which is kind of baffling to like 40 to 50 people without really like a leadership team. And it was like, he was kind of taking all that brunt of running this company. And I was like, man, you need some like, you know, you need some generals, you know, you need to be able to like bring some people in. I think what, what that kind of did was it, it like isolated him as the like kind of founder CEO, uh, where, you know, he didn't really have like, he had, you know, maybe a couple of managers, but he didn't really have that leadership team to be able to let them make the hard decisions, put trust in them, you know, trust faith in how that he hired the right people for the job and, and then take the pressure off himself. So he was just like, gunning for burnout right like he was just like because he was like taking all the flack and all the stuff and then you know it kind of sometimes i think in that case it created like dissent in the in the culture where people were just like look like I, he just he doesn't want to give up control like yeah. you think that right which really wasn't the case it just wasn't like it just he, he just he just hadn't really like thought about this this concept of like building out this team yet. He thought you know maybe once we get a little bit bigger, it makes sense to start paying those salaries. I'm trying to stay lean as a founder, so you know so that's gonna be the other thing is like being you know too conservative on your burn and not and not you know putting the right the right talent in place that can get you to the next level, uh, being okay spending that money. Um, yeah, I can see know. that almost causing like uh, oh, I can imagine seeing it causing like. Um, like some level of tyranny like especially when you brought up when people start um, you know as the company's growing fast and they have their Mm -hmm. own perceptions they start asking for more responsibility or more compensation or what have you Um, and then that uh, that flatness actually can can hurt that as well tyranny or mutiny (laughs) yeah exactly exactly exactly, you know some mutiny and it's like you know and this is like something then like he also found out through that 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 method of like oh okay like i'm talking with some people now all of a sudden i'm finding out that like some of these conversations are having and actually the conversations were more isolated to one person but it took took him a while to find out that this person was kind of the one kind of like seeding those those thoughts right mm, and then think, just planting uh, those thoughts everywhere yeah yeah plant these seeds and then some people are like you know like i know i like respect this guy but yeah, I mean, maybe he has a point, and then like that kind of just brews until like you uncover it and address it, and so it's, yeah, it's like that can kind of come in in different ways, yeah. and you can also see like the, you know, uh, along like that that side of things, like the mutiny side, is like you know sometimes it's difficult to you know especially I've seen this again like you know going from C to A to B to C, but also like at like the far end of the of the scale you know where uh you know big you know where you're no longer a startup anymore like yeah these like thousand two thousand employees it's like people have been around this organization then for some time and some people are kind of like hey i I put my time in like i want to i want you know i want a promotion and then how do you hire outside and how do you maintain the culture and hire like some a new manager that's like going to join the leadership team that's going to be sitting above a lot of people that have been you know fighting with you since the beginning right like the someone that people can look up to and really be like yeah that was a great move like i'm happy like i have this person because i can like they're taking a ton of stress off my back and i and i and now i have someone to kind of like look up to and learn from it's like that's also like a, a hard thing as you like scale it's like who gets promoted and who mm-hmm. gets hired over and yeah, like you know, how do you that sentiment that that actually and um and not to go 
off topic at all, but that actually reminds me um, about a discussion we had on a previous episode with Caitlin. Um, and she said just about, you know, founders and, and the fact that they've put the time in, you know, doesn't necessarily right. mean that they're entitled to that status just because they've they've stuck around, right? At, you know, at what point um, do founders actually have to start stepping up their game mm-hmm. even, right? Um, yeah. Not exactly I, the same, but sort of on similar wavelengths there. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, go, it goes, it, it, that applies to everyone in the organization, right? Absolutely, Again, yeah. The founders can avoid that scrutiny for a while, but if, especially, you know, if you've taken VC yeah, capital, money. yeah, right? Like, yeah. you're going to feel that scrutiny, scrutinization, like, <laughs> post, post Series A, probably, once you have that, that board, you're, you, you have to go talk to, you know, yeah. once a month or once a quarter. Yeah. No, that's super relevant. Um, fascinating dis- discussion. Thanks uh, so much, Tristan. Yep. Do you have Thank any you. last words or anything like that? Or uh, you know, happy. You know, thanks for having me, guys. You know, happy to answer any other questions. Uh, you know, easy easy ways on Twitter at Pollock, P O L O C K. But you know, uh, maybe we can uh, talk again, and get into that fundraising issues at some point. Uh, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like there's at least another episode. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take you up on up that. There. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, Tristan. Uh, We'll share this out, and everybody can reach out to you on social. All right, see you. Have a good one. See you.